Huh. Wrestling's on. Remember how crazy this was when we were kids? <laughs> yeah, like that time Stone Cold drove a beer truck down the ramp and sprayed the authority with Cole's light from a fire hose? Yeah, or that time Undertaker threw mankind off the top cage and threw an announcer's table. Damn, wrestling was crazy back then. Wanna give it another shot 15 years later? Oh, hell yeah! wrestling fans we're back with another edition of the casual wrestling fan podcast this week we have whoo what a pay-per-view to talk about oh my goodness elimination chamber 2019 it, it was a journey absolutely my favorite main roster pay-per-view i've sat and watched live <laughs> since we started this podcast. Yeah, incredible I, I from had, beginning to end. I, I'd agree, and you know Maybe how one, I know it was good. How's how do you know it was good? Because my mom thinks so too. <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty much everyone who watched it in my house thought. Everything was pretty cool about it. I think there was maybe one gripe about, like, what was the point of the Braun thing? And b after Monday Night Raw, I'm kind of like, yeah, what was the point of the Braun thing? Uh, <laughs> it, was, it, it was... It was fine in the moment. <laughs> yeah, in the moment, I thought it was actually pretty cool. Like, you know, the, the two-table setup they did, that was awesome. We'll talk about that a little bit more later, but... Um, let's, let's dig into it from top to bottom. Let's get into the card. Start with the pre-show match, uh, WWE Cruiserweight Championship match between Buddy Murphy and Akira Tozawa. Okay, Buddy Murphy. Um, I actually missed like half of this and haven't rewatched it, and I still haven't caught up on 205 Live. Says the guy who champions 205 Live constantly. Uh, but I did see the end, and I'll say it's pretty cool that Akira Tozawa is like legitimate. Him, him countering the uh, Murphy's Law into into a takedown is very good. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't have a whole lot to say about this because I don't know where the storyline is or anything. <laughs> I don't know what's been going on since Kenta left and what's going on with Cedric Alexander and now that Mustafa Ali's on main roster. I don't know who like the people are down there other than Buddy Murphy, but it was pleasantly surprising. That Akira Tozawa got on the pay-per-view, even if it was the pre-show. Pretty cool. Let's move on to our main event caliber opening to the night. <laughs> yeah. Um, they just, uh, when they started playing the dramatic lowering music at the, at the end of the pre-show, I was like, they're, they're not starting with that match, right? They're just doing that to build up hype for it, right? lowering it to get people excited about it. Yeah, they're just playing the dramatic music and lights just to, you know, get people worked up. But, n n no, it's... <laughs> they started off with the Women's Tag Team Elimination Chamber match. Which is wild. And, boy, 
was this match something? Um, <laughs> who who started off this match? It was our people, our teams determined by Raw and SmackDown the week previous. Boston Hug Connection versus Fire and Desire to start out. Um, I will say these Elimination Chamber matches kind of had like, well, I thought we did this thing to determine who came in at this point. Well, don't worry too much. Just someone like waving their hands at you. Don't 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 think about that too hard. Yeah, so we started out with Bailey and Sasha Banks against uh, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, and I want to say this early on in talking about this. I want to mention how good Sonya Deville, Mandy Rose were throughout this match. Pretty much everybody was was pretty excellent during this Elimination Chamber match to crown the first ever WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. But wow, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville were really picking teams apart in there. Everyone was was surprisingly great. Even people that you're not really excited for going into this match did pretty well. So, so Cameron, what what do you think of the first ever women's tag team champions, uh, Carmella and Naomi? Oh wow, I'm so glad that this team that was just thrown together in two weeks now have tag team belts to call their own and to be crowned the first ever women's tag team champions. It's such a great decision that was that was made, and I couldn't be happier with it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it definitely weren't an afterthought in the match for a little bit, and <laughs> the first team eliminated. In a really good elimination. Yeah, who who were they eliminated by? They were eliminated by... The Iconics. Yes. In yeah. that crazy takedown double pin that they got yeah. on Naomi. Yes. <laughs> it takes two of them to pin her, but hey, it still, it still looks good when they do it. Yeah. <laughs> After Naomi and Carmella were eliminated, uh, the Iconics just kind of ruled the match for, I want to say, like five whole minutes. <laughs> yeah. And they're they're looking a whole lot better than they have in the past. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's cool to see them get to take advantage of stuff, because that's really what they should be doing. I think that's good for their characters. Yeah. Um, like uh, hi- hiding in a pod. <laughs> yeah, when when uh, Tamina and Nia Jax came out, they went into a pod while they just kind of beat everyone else down. <laughs> um, the since this was a, a tornado tag team match, there was just chaos going on. I noticed that every so often, uh, Bailey and Sasha would would do a spot. And then they just kind of roll out of the way and yeah. let everything else happen. Um, but they were also the ones repeatedly pinned, causing immediate stress for anyone watching. Yeah, mini heart attacks abound. for Just for, just pass them out. Just <laughs> for everyone. Another set of MVPs from this match I'd like to talk about. The Riot Squad. What was, what was that move where... It was like around the world DDT, where like Liv had, I want to say Sonya Deville, and had her in some sort of like a of a of a neck hold, and then Sarah Logan flipped her up over the other side to do some sort of like DDT or 
something like that was nuts. That was so damn cool. And and when they came out of their paws, they came out looking strong with with knees and strikes and stuff that they've been needing to do for a while. Yeah, actually being able to look good. Yeah, and a pay per view <laughs> match is perfect for that, especially this specific pay per view match, an elimination chamber match for the women's tag titles. Yeah, um, it's it was good for them. It, it, it was, but you know who this match was really good for up until the end, really? Who's that? Uh, Nyan Tamina, un- uncomfortably. Up until the end for them, they got to look super strong. <laughs> and then yeah. at the end, they got to look like a bunch of doofuses. <laughs> I, think, I think the ending where... Naya goes through the plexiglass at top speed and cracks it. Was pretty good. <laughs> it's when your brother agrees to let you be Goldberg, but then moves out of the way at the last second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was wild. Um, <laughs> they definitely replaced that plexiglass going into the next elimination chamber match at the end of the night, didn't they? They had to have, yeah. Because it didn't seem cracked. I guess I didn't get a good look at it. Maybe who was in that pod? It was uh, Randy Orton. So maybe I guess Randall. I just, yeah, it was it was Randall Keith. Um, maybe I just didn't look at it <laughs> well enough. But damn, I just I, I just assumed they bring in a whole new elimination chamber. <laughs> they just put that one out in the in the parking lot somewhere. That was garbage. Now <laughs> you just give it to Goodwill. A giant elimination chamber sitting in the processing room in the back of Goodwill. Uh, what to do with this? You put boxes inside of it. For for when uh for when an indie promotion goes looking looking for something, they can they can get their own elimination chamber at Goodwill. We were just looking for <laughs> coffee tables to break, but this is pretty cool. A- after after they got eliminated, it was the boss and hug connection and not absolution, and the. Uh, I guess the the two ways to look at the, these final two are all four of these women were in the Elimination Chamber last year, which is, I think, the reasoning they were using. So they knew how to use be in the Elimination Chamber. Yeah. And they're both the only two, like, consistent tag teams that have been around for a while. They've been around as a tag team longer than all the other teams. Yeah. At least main roster. How long has the Boston Hug Connection thing been going on? They've been calling that since, like, last year-ish. Okay, yeah. But they've been friends and stuff on screen for a lot longer. Yeah. The last two was was scary, and they used uh, plenty of storytelling where Sasha and Bailey had Mandy on top of one of the pods, and then Bailey was knocked down. Um, by Mandy, and Sasha got down from the pod to check on her friend. She didn't care about the match at that point. She had to make sure Bailey was okay. Showing that that was that was a nice moment where there's showing that she's concerned about her friend. That was also the moment where maybe this happened to you too. I I went full Macaulay Culkin, hands on face, and went, "Oh no, Mandy Rose <laughs> is gonna get a belt." Yeah, that's that's what I'm uh I I'm just in constant fear of now, uh, cause they're not, they're not gonna do it prop appropriately, I'm sure. But 
nope. <laughs> because Bailey was was injured on the floor. It was it was Sasha's time to uh, to take control because especially after the last two weeks, and I'm pretty sure this is something I said last week. Bailey got put out of commission, and Sasha has to pick up for for what she missed out on the last two weeks, and uh, <laughs> in in a very uh, stressful moment, uh, Mandy Rose got whatever her finisher is supposed to be. I don't remember its name. It's like a weird back backbreaker looking move, but uh, Sasha after kicking it out of it was able to lock in the bank statement using her she used like her leg to help she, she, used, her, she used her like um ankle yeah her like shin i would say yeah and and the way it looked looked like it was much more uncomfortable of a submission than a regular bank statement yes yes and and because of that um She's able to get Mandy Rose to tap, and B- Bailey and Sasha are our first ever women's tag team champions. What a moment! Um, I-, I would say the crowd took something away from this because of Mark's booing, because it was predictable. But I think this was a classic, despite some some botches. There's there's some botches in there. Um, it's if it's it, it, it's it's wrestling, yeah. And also, I I don't I don't know what you expect to happen that would be satisfying in any sort of way besides the fact that you want to fuck one of them. That's that's really what it comes down to. I'm I, gonna be I'm gonna be that dismissive of a lot of those people because I I doubt I feel like it was just uh angry mark dudes who are mad about it not like any women because i can't in a storytelling sense there's nothing there for anyone else even going you into haven't the match. built you haven't built uh rose and deville up enough to be able to like go yeah that was legitimate this is a this is an ascending moment for them <laughs> they haven't had their ascension quite yet to like oh they can do this but they're this is a this is a match that gets them to that point. Uh, for them to win would have been like, yeah, cool. They put a belt on an emer- emerging talents. They put a belts on emerging talents, but it's just not quite the right time. And I think it's one of those you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If you don't give Sasha and Bailey the tag belts, you know what the fuck are you doing? If you give it to Mandy Rose and or if you if you do give it to them, you know how. How that's boring. It's predictable. You know, it's like it would have been crazy cool if Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville won. It's like, yeah, it would have been kind of interesting. I think it would have been a shocker, that's for sure, and could have helped build them up more as legitimate threats. But sometimes you just gotta go with, you know, the one. You just gotta do it. It, I, I, I have, I'd have mixed feelings on all the other ones because no one else is really built as like any sort of legitimate tag team like Naomi and Nia Jax are both uh competent kayfabe like strength wrestlers Carmella is getting better she got a code of silence in not on one of the iconics it didn't 
come to anything, but she got it locked in, and I'm always happy to see that because it looks cool. Yeah. But as a tag team, Naomi and Carmella happened two weeks ago. Yep. Uh, Nia Jax and Tamina happened uh, right before she Nia went against Ronda Rousey the second time. Uh, so Nia is just well one Tamina came back so Nia ha- faced against Ember Moon and then turned heel and it just has Tamina around cuz they're both Samoan. Yep, they're family. And the Riot Squad, the Iconics and Absolution have been like mid mid-card squash people. They're just starting to build them up. The the Riot Squad, the two people they had in there They've won a couple matches since debuting uh, about a year and a half ago. But they haven't done anything that's like, yeah, that makes sense. Mandy, the only other team I would see is the is the only other team that was left at the end. And that's because Mandy Rose is obviously very liked backstage by producers and such. Because yeah. she, she's getting promo segments. She's going over people in feuds, you know. She's not just kind of kind of doofusing around and losing like yeah. mostly you know Liv Morgan and and uh and uh Sarah Logan are or like the Iconics are they're just kind of coming out and doing their silly pose and then losing so I think it was good I would I would say it was an A an A plus segment you know it's uh, other than you know some of the missteps but I mean you're gonna have that in very very few matches have uh, end to end perfection in execution. Very few matches, so I liked it. It's good. Me too. I'm just gonna be mad, and anyone who tells me I'm wrong that the, it's it's more than they just they think someone else is hotter. I'm gonna tell them they're lying. To yeah, themselves. and like, what do they want? They want they want Alexa Bliss. I don't want Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss was on TV like every week for thirty minutes. And then f- fucking fifteen minutes every Sunday, or or once a, once a Sunday every month. It's like, it's like, dude, we we got her for like two straight years, more than that, far before you and I ever started watching this again. How many championships she had? Two more before that, or one more. It's like, dude, yeah. like, <laughs> we don't need any more of her. It's good. We're good. She can take a break. Yeah, she doesn't. You're the person you like a lot doesn't have to be on top all the time. That's like that's like what a kid wants out of wrestling right that's really mean to say but like (laughs) we always joke like yeah roman should have all the belts and he should have them forever (laughs) we don't actually want that because that would be boring yeah if you (laughs) if you like alexa bliss you don't want her to have the belt and then she's fucking she broke the fabulous moolah's record she or or, it's 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 like if you you're uh if you're you're an adult uh, playing video games with cheat codes all the time isn't as fun as it was when you were nine. Yeah, it's not fun at all. Because turning on infinite health and then just killing everything doesn't have any sort of, like, gameplay to it. It doesn't, it doesn't have a reward. <laughs> You're just going to win. There's no reward for your brain. Yeah. So I don't... That's... Alexa, should, she's the top woman. She should be out here. She's the top woman for two years. This is, this is also like a mid card thing for other women to do, so relax. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's let's move on. Let's talk about the SmackDown tag title match between uh, McMiz and the Usos. 
um, McMiz come into this as champions. Yeah, and the, the Miz announced that he ha- he's having another kid. Yeah, Maurice came out, did her hand thing that looks vaguely like Titus O'Neil's hand thing when he barks. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, Miz is going to be a, a dad again. Dad too. Um, the Miz. I think he's, this kid's going to be a boy and he's going to name him Shane. Hopefully he names the kid the Marine uh, Miz Annan. <laughs> so, <laughs> this tag title match. I think I think you called everything that was going to happen in here. <laughs> yeah! you called just about everything that was going to happen. That's how it. I know this is a good pay-per-view, because I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when I'm right. There, there wasn't... There wasn't a whole lot to this match. Nope. I feel the uh we we got we got a lot of of Shane looking good. He went to do like he got um a coast to coast to to deliver one to Jimmy and then he hopped up to do another one to Jay and then Jay got up and fucking super kicked him which <laughs> it was exactly what I said would happen, and I'm glad it did. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I I was waiting for it because he did it the first time, and I was like, okay, it's coming, it's gonna happen right now. And I was like, oh wait, no, they're both lined up. And then the camera was really zoomed in on him when he went up the second time. I was like, okay, this is it, <laughs> this is it. And man, was that satisfying. The the the, the other spot. The Miz put Jay onto the uh, the announce table, and then um, Shane Shane got up onto the onto the top turnbuckle and went to do his his giant elbow jump drop and landed onto Jay as the Miz was holding him in place, killing both of them. They're both dead now. Yep. And himself, killing himself as well. And after that, after going through the table, the Miz was isolated in the ring. And, uh... Wait, how, how did this end? Is it skull-crushing yeah. finale? The Miz got a skull-crushing finale, and then Jimmy, like, quick rolled him up for a pin. <laughs> how do you... The skull-crushing... I forgot about the skull-crushing finale, admittedly, but how do you kick it out of a skull-crushing finale? How do you reverse that? You should be dead. The kayfabe strength of this move was through the roof a year ago. Uh, I... <laughs> I think... I think it's just Jimmy got lucky. Okay, maybe he didn't get all of it, kayfabe-wise. But what it actually is, is Jimmy's also not afraid of police, so he's not afraid of CT either. <laughs> He just he just got into super mode. Yeah. He imagined yeah. this was a cop and he was like I'm going to oh, I'm going to win this. I'm not losing here. I it was and it was a satisfying end cuz like I they, they can't I mean they kind they kind of ruined this on Tuesday, but it was it's nice that uh they got the the belts back and the Usos are one of the best tag teams. So Yep, in the whole world, any promotion. I I think, I think realistically this this needs to turn into a uh, into Shane snapping on the Miz. 
Yeah. That would probably be the right way to do it, but I could just see a happy moment at Mania where the Miz is raising, or uh, Chain is raising the Miz's arm and they got revenge and then the Miz disappears until January again. <laughs> or, uh, Chain disappears until January again. Who knows where this is going, but the Usos are. How many times are they? Is this six time now? Oh, uh, yeah. Six <laughs> times. Six time, uh,. SmackDown Live tag team, or just I guess tag champions in general. So that's yeah. they should uh they should remove all of their tag team reigns from their previous gimmick. Oh, which the... is like one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back when they, it was the weird uh, Samoan like war dance thing. Yeah. Did you ever see? Did I ever show you when Smojo did that at Impact and he just looked like bored while doing it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let's get uh, more more variety into the tag picture. On SmackDown, yeah, especially. On SmackDown, especially. especially. on SmackDown. It's weird, because now Raw is good at tag team wrestling, and SmackDown is not. I think that's just what happens if you bring the bar onto your program. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bar Winslow. Um, Alright. So that's your first title. That's actually your second title change of the evening. Like, I guess you could... It's called winning for the first time a title change. So let's talk about another title match. <laughs> Lashley. 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 Like money. Lashley. Smells like money. Lashley. Gives me Lashley. money to buy virtual money. Lashley. Called V-Bucks. <laughs> this, this match didn't... Uh, it, it was the perfect amount of time. Yeah. Yes. It wasn't super impressive in its length, and it also didn't drag on, because this could have dragged, Yeah, but it didn't. In a, in a, if you're thinking about how you'd go about this match, it's uh, you, you wouldn't really expect it to drag on. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's a pay-per-view, and it's... Uh, Gotta gotta drag out the card, but surprisingly they didn't tonight. It was a very short pay per view, which was nice. That's another reason why I love it so much. You have it is only a little bit. It's only like a half hour longer than Raw. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. And uh, I mean, if if you think about the main card, none of the none of the matches were too long or too short, and. Um, this 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 fit perfectly here in between what it came what came after it but um yeah this match itself is the two-on-one handicap match between leo rush and bobby lashley against finn balor for the intercontinental championship if leo rush is pinned finn balor is intercontinental champion yeah. But it's that it's not tornado handicap, so uh, Russian actually have to tag each other. Yeah, I I had to explain that to my mom because she was scared that Finn was gonna lose in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I forget I forget that there's that's how handicap matches are because I feel like a lot of handicap matches during the Attitude Era were not that. I feel like it was just like okay, that's they're both in there <laughs> kicking your ass. Too bad. <laughs> I think that's how it'd be, but yeah. I, I guess I guess the handicap is that 
somewhat your opponents can rest and you can't. Yeah, yeah. That, which, if you're presenting this as a sport, which you are, that makes sense. It it was um it it was like. It was really how how you'd expect. Whenever whenever Lashley was in, he was bringing the punishment. Whenever Leo Rush was in, uh, Balor was getting a little bit more momentum, and Leo Rush wasn't getting much done. <laughs> yeah, the man of the hour did not live up to what was going on. They actually had a thing beforehand, uh, a little backstage segment beforehand, where Leo Rush was interviewed. Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley were interviewed by one of the correspondents, and he was like, "There's no way we're gonna lose." He was getting all heated. <laughs> and I mean, look what happened. Uh... <laughs> it, it was it was a fine match, uh, but Lashley was a uh, Finn got got a suicide dive on the both of them over the ropes and took them both down. And flung Leo Rush into the ring, and got a coup de gras onto him. And at this, I'm like, "There's no, no way. What? He, he's, he's good. Is he gonna do it?" And Finn Balor got the pin, and it, it's his. He's now our new Intercontinental Champion, and he's uh. It's his first belt since he had to give up the Universal Title. Isn't uh, that? Like, three years ago isn't that wild that's insane to me he should have had belts but you know it's it's nuts <laughs> and after he received the belt and celebrated and everyone's cheering i'm happy everyone's happy he just runs up the ramp because he's not going to stick around because they he gave knows. him the belt and he and bobby lashley was coming in and he like sprinted away yeah lashley was mad and he came in and he came in the ring and looked at Leo Rush. Leo Rush was like, I'm, so- I'm sorry, Bobby. And Bobby Lash was like, I'm not mad, son. I'm just disappointed. Because you got to hit him with that extra pain. And then he gave him a, a spine buster. Yeah. <laughs> um, perfect. Finn Balor is Intercontinental Champion, a belt that I think he should have had a long time ago. Where he's going to go with this, let's see. He's definitely going to be defending it at WrestleMania, I think. Yeah. Um, since there's not a whole lot else to say about what went on with this, let me ask you, who do you think would be the perfect opponent for Finn Balor uh, at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental title? I feel like the easy answer is Elias, because that's what we, we've had Elias versus Finn Balor for the Intercontinental title mentioned on here, f- like, for months? <laughs> yeah. Repeatedly? I, I think that would be the best, uh way to go about it with when you think of mid-card guys Elias deserves a Wrestlemania match Um, his Wrestlemania moment from last year was good but he deserves to have an actual match and I don't don't know who else really on the raw mid-card that I give enough of a shit about to say should maybe Apollo Crews maybe Apollo Crews that's a good one Um... maybe a triple threat I think triple threat again, and I think it should be Elias. And actually, I would I would I would do it like this since we'll talk about this a little bit later. Since Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre are such good friends, I would go with Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre and f- double down on the extraordinary man who can do extraordinary things. 
Because hmm. yeah. that becomes a handicap match without tags. Um, and then maybe they turn on each other at some point and he capitalizes. Because it's time. Let him have a run with this belt. I, I want him to still be Intercontinental Champion come SummerSlam. Like, this is time. Um, you have any final thoughts on the Intercontinental title picture or the match from nope. this weekend or anything? Okay. Let's get through the, um, what's that stuff that's in Turkey that puts you, uh, to sleep? Oh, uh, that's not true. Okay. Well, what's the stuff that f- fictionally puts you to sleep that's in Turkey? Uh. Try, 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 uh, Turkey mean? Is that it? Oh, it's actually, I just found it. It's called Ronda Rousey. Um, <laughs> that puts you to right to sleep. Tryptophan. Tryptophan, yeah. So uh, R- Ruby Riot comes out, and we're like, cool, Ruby Riot. Uh, Charlotte Flair comes out, and we're like, cool, Charlotte Flair is going to watch the match. And then Ronda Rousey comes out, and it's like, she you, uh, she was on her phone at, at, at after the Royal Rumble, and like, damn. These people sure liked Zelina Vega coming out as Vega from Street Fighter. So, I'm going to come out as a fighting game character. So, she came out as Sonya Blade because she's the voice of Sonya in Mortal Kombat. And uh, yeah. it, it's it's more interesting than her uh, Roddy Piper uh, ripoff gear. And she just, uh, as everyone was saying, we want Becky, she put her in an armbar. She probably... She probably uh, held up a giant sign that says, You guys want me to put Ruby Riot, my opponent, in an armbar? Would you guys like that? But yes, I wasn't Brock paying Lesner, enough attention. I, I mean, Ronda Rousey, <laughs> yet she did. Basically, same ending, scream to the crowd, you guys want this? And then she does it, and then the person instantly taps. And, um, cool. She gets her belt back, bad reputation hits, Charlotte comes in the ring, they're squaring up. And you hear you hear uh, rumbling from the crowd off to the the back right. What is that? Um, oh, there's a spotlight going over there. It's maybe it's a drunk. F- oh, shit! It's the man, <laughs> Becky Lynch, hobbling in on crutches. Uh, okay, she's not supposed to be here because she's suspended from WWE for sixty days. Yeah. And she comes in the ring. Uh. You know, she she's on crutches because on they crutches. kept showing she kept showing footage of her at a live event getting attacked, uh, having Charlotte beat her leg with a chair, with, which yeah. is weird because they almost never show live events. But, that's how big this is. But that one was canon. <laughs> yeah, that's how that's how big Becky Lynch is. Honestly, like it's big enough to where a, a live show has canon shit in it. Yeah. Um, but she then she then kind of squares up with the with the two of them and then takes her crutch and starts beating the ever loving shit out of Charlotte and everyone's chanting Becky Becky and she's just letting Charlotte have it and Charlotte's writhing around in pain and then um, Rhonda looks pretty impressed and she offers one of her other crutches to Rhonda to have her 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 go at Charlotte with the crutch and. Um, as Charlotte, or as a as a Ronda goes in with the crutch, Becky starts beating the shit out of Ronda with the crutch as well. Just letting her have it. Accidentally hits her in the head, splits her dome open. Just 
real stone cold Steve Austin shit. This comparison is going to stop eventually because it's going to become real Becky Lynch shit. It was... Uh, um, I feel bad for Ruby Riot. She had to come out, uh, do her job. Shit was rectified, I think, the next night on Raw. She got redemption, I think. A little bit. But this stuff with Becky is just... This could have been the end of the pay-per-view. And it <laughs> happened smack dab in the middle of it, I would say. Uh, it, Excellent. Excellent. You see, you see, I think Ronda Rousey showing up in, dressed up like a Mortal Kombat character is foreshadowing because her and Charlotte got fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Rousey's head was busted open like when, when uh, Becky hit her with that second strike from the crutch that just clocked her in the side of the head. And I'm sure this is just me projecting onto the situation but i really feel like she was going she was being more rough with with ronda than she was with charlotte she was definitely not i don't think she was watching at all because you see like (laughs) in the set in the next segment spoilers bobby lashley is hitting braun Strowman with a chair (laughs) and he's like you know waiting for braun to like roll and stuff and like hanging his 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 wind-ups are hanging for a second to like okay i'm hitting him in the back becky wasn't doing any of that with either of them she was just hitting them with the crutches like just hitting them as fast and hard as she could i i think she's just on one she's just on another level right now her and one other man that we'll talk about coming up <laughs> they're just on another level right now and just roll with it Apparently, I read a thing today about how Vince is in love with it, and he's he's gonna make her the star in WWE, uh, or he thinks that she can be the star, which is crazy considering that he gave Ronda Rousey probably the biggest contract a wrestler has ever had, uh, a a, reg- a full time wrestler. I'm sure The Rock got paid way more for his <laughs> once in a lifetime, just kidding, twice in a lifetime year that he did. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably. But it's awesome, and I love I love it. I don't know how you couldn't. I, honestly, I don't know how you couldn't love it. R- Ronda's almost beat. Uh, I think Ronda's beat almost all of The Rock's title reigns in length. <laughs> yeah, because he hasn't. He's not even at a, at a year consecutive like cumulative days. <laughs> yeah, she, so Between she's definitely reigns. beaten like reign length. But she's she's coming up on on days probably in June then, yeah. July. I don't think she'll, I don't <laughs> God, think she'll have not. it. I don't think she'll have it uh, past April seventh. But yeah, because Charlotte's gonna beat her at WrestleMania. Yeah, that would I would actually love that as well. But <laughs> not not where I was going. But valid. Braun and Baron Corbin were in a no DQ match right before the end. Uh, yep. Um, I'll skip right to the end, right when Braun started to get, uh, <laughs> right when Braun started to work over Baron Corbin, uh, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley came out and Bobby Lashley sp- speared him and Drew McIntyre gave him the Glaslow kiss, big old headbutt. And then they stacked two tables on top of each other and stood yeah. on top of the steel chairs and did yeah. the shield powerbomb 
through both of the tables, <laughs> yeah. and it was fucking sick. And yeah. I hate—I don't like Baron Corbin, but yeah. I like the idea of these three in a stable. That didn't pay off on Raw in any way. Um, and that was the end of that. And people were probably... I definitely heard that this was the weakest segment. Um, but people were really quick to jump on this throughout. The, there was a lot of praise on Twitter and Reddit and everything during this pay-per-view. And when this was boring for however long it went on for, six minutes, I would say it probably at most was eight minutes, eight to nine minutes. And it was boring for five of those, I think. But people were really ready to jump on that five minutes of this is not <laughs> as good. And, like, look, they know that, that this is not going to be good. It fucking went on after Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, and Charlotte Flair were in the ring. This is a, this is the sandwich <laughs> segment, Do- Dolph Ziggler TM. Like, this, you don't have to watch this. You can look away from this. And, look, when a pay-per-view has eight segments, one of them can be not that great. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, see, they they just need to come out next next Monday night with with like uh, a walkie talkie sounding goes <laughs> November Echo Whiskey Sierra Hotel India Echo Lima Delta New Shield <laughs> and but it it does the shield theme but with a bagpipes <laughs> oh no and you're deaf forever and the shield theme is ruined for you bass boosted. <laughs> Fuck, that'd be that'd be awesome. <laughs> so yeah, they they stood tall over Braun Strowman, uh, Baron Corbin, Looks cool. Bobby Lash. Yeah, I mean, like I I like those three together. I, Baron Corbin is not a likable character in any way. We talked about this on the show before. Um, Bobby Lashley, I, I I think his character is getting more dimensions to him now. Um, and then Drew McIntyre, he's he he's pretty cool. I think his motivations are cool. He just wants to succeed. Putting them together, you know, that could have some good payoffs in the end. Uh, yeah. So I like that, and um, I plead the fifth on Braun Strowman. You got any thoughts on this? Vince is the burying Braun on a pay-per-view. It's neat. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> uh, and I was thinking, damn, this is probably going to play out till the next pay-per-view. No, probably not anymore. Nope. Nope. But not after Monday. Let's talk about the incredible A plus five star main event, the elimination chamber match for the WWE Championship uh, between WWE Champion, the new Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Samoa Joe, Jeff Hardy, and uh, last second ad, or not last second, I guess, in the final week ad, Kofi Kingston, of course, replacing an injured Mustafa Ali. And wow, was Mustafa Ali's uh, unfortunate injury some sort of divine intervention? Like, Randall, you knew what you did, I think. Maybe. Jeez. Um, so the match starts out with, uh, was it? It was Daniel Joe? Bryan and Samoa Joe, which yeah. is, this, this, the gauntlet match didn't make any sense because I thought it was to determine your placement, but... I was wrong. It was just complete bullshit for he, 90% of it. Yeah, because then Randall would have came in last, but Randall came in um, second to the la- No, he did come in last. Never mind. Um, so, so, yeah, the rest of it was... Uh, maybe that's all it determines. Maybe it's like whoever wins gets to come in. Nope, because the other Elimination Chamber didn't do anything. Yeah, Kayfabe is just fucking crumpled up like a piece of paper. It doesn't matter. <laughs> 
but it was it was Daniel Bryan and Samoa Joe at the beginning and what's the intervals between the elimination chamber entrances it's supposed to be it's supposed to be every two minutes i think it said oh maybe well, it more? felt a whole lot longer <laughs> it definitely was i, d- I, I thought it was, it was supposed to be like minutes. three minutes okay yeah it's something i'm not sure two or three minutes uh um the the first it, it was uh daniel bryan and samoa joe ring of honor Ring of Honor. Uh, <laughs> and the before the, before the next entry came in, it was just a, a super technical, like technical technical match of them trying to lock each other up and <laughs> doing some uh, holds and stuff. Yeah, really slow paced. I mean, that's kind of what you get out of a Samoa Joe match in 2019. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but he can't. I don't think his legs can do what he wants to do. And, um, spoiler, like, he was, uh, the first eliminated, um, after, uh, more people came in. Because he, he's got, I just don't, I just don't know how much is left in the tank. And it's sad, because I like Samojo. And I want him to be around, but I don't know if he can be, you know? Yeah. <laughs> He's definitely worth putting in on pay-per-view cards. Like, hell yeah, but... What, what, what was Survivor Series? Where he was eliminated, like, within a minute and a half of the match starting? The shelf life is... It's a bummer. Yeah, it was very technical. It was it was very Daniel Bryan versus Samoa Joe. <laughs> it was a lot of Daniel Bryan doing his crafty, you know, walking out of the ring and really creating space to to have time to think about what's going on. It was uh, it was pretty good to start the match. Who was our second person to come in, or our, our first person to come out of a chamber? It was Kofi Kingston of the New Day. Hell yeah! So Kofi squaring up against uh, Daniel Bryan, and uh, I mean he pinned him on Tuesday night before this, so he knows yeah. what Daniel Bryan's capable of. And he's got the yeah. dynamic with Samoa Joe, who went way too far afterward to yeah. uh, to try to hurt him. Basically, the only person he's at disadvantage of in this match is AJ Styles. Not only because he's the one who he who tapped Kofi out on Tuesday, but he has the least in-ring experience with him or understanding of him. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, Kofi comes out of the gate with uh, just just full blast. Um, he gets he gets a great spot when Daniel Bryan does uh, the uh, the jury playing WWE 2K19 method of Elimination Chamber, where you hide up on top of one of the pods until the match is almost over. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> you have to do one in the story mode to win the universal That's, title. Just hang out up there. Just That's what I did because the AI di- the AI doesn't even try to get you. So I just let everyone. I just let Braun eliminate everyone. But I came down, did two finishers, and won. Is is Jory pulling out his Nintendo Switch? Oh my God, Sexton! He's playing Smash Brothers in the elimination chamber. He just he just zeroed to death. 
<coughs> Hungry Box in the Elimination Chamber while this match is still going on. Hungry Box is ringside at the Elimination Chamber crying, Saxton. What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> uh, but immediately, they, uh, K- Kofi, Kofi wouldn't let him do that. And, <laughs> um, K- Kofi j- jumped off the cage onto uh the people below and it was it was a good spot yeah it was an excellent spot that sort of like uh leap of faith just i wasn't going to say ragdoll but real stiff that's what it was more like stiff as a board uh drop it looked good um so first is our first pod spot of the night (laughs) got a couple more coming up and uh well everyone's this is a good way to like you, you need to have this for an elimination chamber match is like clear the floor in a way for the next person to come out like yeah for for the rumble there's too much going on so you can't have everyone like laying down dead on the floor maybe for like 29 and 30 you should but uh or at 30 29 30 you should have like one person standing tall and then um next entry come out but for elimination chamber i think it works best when uh it's more interesting when everyone's like dead on the ground and someone can come in and and eat up the scraps yeah i I think it works best in rumbles too when you have like most people are just kind of like scraping by and one guy's like stomping someone in a corner and then maybe two other people are trying to get one 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 big guy out and then 30 hits and it's the big dog or something that'll, that'll probably never happen again just to not make sure people don't get mad but um maybe at 25 the the big dog we're talking about the elimination chamber and i started talking about roman reigns <laughs> well remember when he speared brawn through the chamber last yeah, year that, that was sick, sick. fuck <laughs> um, um yeah then didn't quite get a spot like that tonight yeah uh Sort of. Uh, Naya speared herself through a chamber. Then <laughs> uh, AJ Styles came out, which is why I was confused at the order, even more so. But it's whatever. At this point, it doesn't really matter what's going on. Uh, AJ Styles got a phenomenal forearm into Daniel Bryan's back. That was nuts. <laughs> AJ is just not wasting any time with that. <laughs> he, he he walked out pulling the sleeve up, pulling the, the elbow guard yeah. up. He was ready to go. I mean, if you're going in the elimination chamber, that's probably... If, you, if you're AJ Styles, that's probably your best bet. Just fling yourself over the top rope right away. Because you don't have to worry about balancing your feet on the apron. It's just flat floor, so you can fully yeah. like plant yourself and like yeah. get a full nice launch. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a good point, yeah. He doesn't have to worry about... Uh... Not to worry about placement. It's just all good. Yeah. And the phenomenal forearms, cool. <laughs> he should have like a wrestling gear. Maybe we said this. He should have like a wrestling gear thing, a brand, and then you know the Jordan. Yeah, the we, Shaq. I, I sure did last week. <laughs> yeah, that would be that'd be cool. I'd buy shoes I'd, with the for, with the forearm uh, silhouette on them. I'd pay like six hundred dollars for them. Oh, oh, yes. I'm going to one-up you. I'd pay 1200 for one shoe. Anyway, uh, yeah, after after the phenomenal forearm, uh, uh, what? <laughs> who is everyone in the chamber yet? Maybe we have one more person. 
No, what what happened? What happened after that is he uh, he hits Mojo with a phenomenal form, and then Joe's gone. Yeah, we called that he'd be first. Yeah, uh, last longer than I thought, but uh, y- yeah, I thought he was gonna be first eliminated by a lot, but it's smart to not do that because remember Survivor Series, people were fucking pissed. Yeah, I don't blame them either. Uh, <laughs> Who pinned him at Survivor Series? I can't even remember. I don't. I'm trying not to think about it. It's probably fucking Braun or something. Braun! I'd, I'd, I'd boo that. Uh, after Joe left, uh, Jeff Hardy came out and he's like, I don't have to get made fun of for having an addiction at one point in my life now. So I'm going to have a nice time tonight. <laughs> Today's going to be good, I think. It's something I think every time Jeff Hardy does it, I don't think I've brought it up on here. When he splits the legs and does the double leg drop, they try and sell that he's damaging the midsection, but doesn't it look like he's just finding a legal way to crush their dick and balls. Yeah, it definitely is, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was sold on commentary back in the day as, like, you're you're hitting the junk. Yeah. Uh, but now it's just like he's not going to get rid of his move. Um, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like when the Dudley boys came back and they continued to do the what's up uh, headbutt drop <laughs> I don't know how they sold that on commentary in like 2014, 15 or 16 whenever <laughs> that happened I have no idea how they sold that on commentary because that's like that we were deep in the PG era then <laughs> but this move is Devon Dudley's forehead giant bladed <laughs> forehead connecting with a man's scrotum <laughs> like I, don't, I have no idea how you sell that on commentary going like um, uh, he's he got the lower abdomen. It's like nope, that's like that's the dick. That is he the got dick. the pelvic bone. The, yeah, I don't know how you said that. That does a lot of damage for the groin sex. And like ah no, I don't think that's he got his thing. hamstring. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that one, Michael Cole. Uh, yeah, so it's it's funny when guys still have those moves from that from that era where it's like questionable for TV PG, but you just sell it in a PG way. That's like, I've I've heard them say on commentary on SmackDown, like, yeah, that's that's a big blow to the abdomen. It's like, nope, didn't touch the abdomen at all. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> good. That's good. It, it almost seemed like like Jeff was going to was going to get get an elimination and he had he, he got a swanton bomb on AJ Styles who he had like in between the ropes which was really cool and also really scary yeah. while he was on top of a pod <laughs> well I mean what else do you expect what else do you expect from him <sighs> I expect him to know that he's like 42 <laughs> I mean, me too, but he's he's going to give it until he can't give no more. It's, it's so scary. <laughs> it's just stressful. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't I don't I don't want to be watching and then he does a swanton and then he just can't get up. Th- that's why that's why Hell in the Cell was so scary cuz I didn't I was for a, like the the first little bit after that, you I couldn't tell how much of that was a work. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's he's fine now. He, yeah. I guess I guess the point of that is that he got to have a cool hell in the cell moment because he never had one. Yeah, 
despite the, being the edig- ed- charismatic enigma who who does daredevil high flying stuff. But directly after that, he was met with the knee. Because this the move does knee. This move doesn't have a name after he's d- done it for like close to ten years now. We still haven't named. We haven't even asked him what he wants to call it. Um, and Jeff Hardy was eliminated. Uh, then, while everyone was just kind of relaxing from that. Randall Orton's pod opened. Yeah, Randall Keith comes 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 down, comes out of his pod, and I'm like, I'm thinking, oh no, oh no, he's just gonna he's gonna win. Cameron is right, he's gonna kill everyone and win. He he RKO'd AJ Styles out of a phenomenal forearm, and eliminated AJ Styles. And I when that happened, I was like, wow. I didn't think AJ would be eliminated before. Before the would be the third person to be eliminated. I thought he'd be like final three, but he's not. And then, and he immediately went to to set up Kofi into an RKO, and I'm like, oh no, he's just Dreams gonna go over. A, yeah, he's gonna go on a run and win this. Yeah, uh, Daniel Bryan's gonna go, gonna get like a couple knees on him, but then he's just gonna RKO out of a knee and win. Uh, and. Kofi, Kofi was able to get out of it, uh, and then did a pow- did his like weird power slam thing to Brian, which always looks good. Oh God! It's, where he just it's, catches and hits him down on the ground immediately. That's it's clean. That's some clean masterful stuff there. Yeah. And uh, so this is this is when things started to amp up. Kofi hits the trouble in paradise on on Randy Orton for a pin, and this is one I I can like you f- you feel the goosebumps and you feel your heart rate ramping you, up. You get the you get the jolt of adrenaline. You can feel yeah. it like it, <laughs> in your arms and your legs and your and your gut. It's just the jolt I get all the time. And I'm like, oh no! And I can feel my heart rate at this moment go from like it's normal like eighty. To like one thirty in like ten seconds. I'm like, no, don't do this to me. See, it, there, there's there's two things that that you're thinking right then. It's either one, oh man, this wrestling match is get this is this is getting nuts. I didn't think this happened. Or two, all these years of video games and bad diet are are finally getting to me. I'm about to die one. before I see Kofi win the WWE that Championship. One. That's what I always think. That's what it is. But. Um, it's down to the new Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston. One of them is going to leave Elimination Chamber, the WWE Champion. If Kofi wins, it would be his first WWE Championship victory in his 11 years with the company. I don't know if that includes ECW or not. Probably. But. Yeah, he's he's had, I think he's been both IC and US Champion before. Yeah. I think so, and, and tag champion. So this would be grand the, slam for him. He he has the te- the the record for cumulative tag team title yeah. days. Yeah, because he's been in multiple tag teams. Our truth was maybe the Miz at one point. No, it was our truth and Team Air Boom. Oh, with um Matt Seidel. Matt's was it Matt Seidel? I thought it was for some reason. I thought it was Evan Bourne. 
Uh, yeah, it was with Matt Seidel. That's you know, Co- Co- Kofi opened up his his third eye, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this this moment, Houston comes alive. People are on their feet. They're like clutching their chest, hands over mouth. People are excited. And what proceeded for the next, I would say, ten to twelve minutes, was some of the best wrestling I have ever seen and it has a lot to do with the storytelling but i don't want to skimp on complimenting how good kofi kingston and daniel ryan are the the amount of reversals (laughs) this this was basically just uh, they wanted to they, they they cleared the floor to let these two have a good bout yes Again. And it was like one one everyone's on their feet cheering for Kofi. They do that thing where a cool thing happens or is being set up and they zoom out, even though it's not as effective in the Elimination Chamber to show everyone in the arena going nuts yeah. for for Kofi and Daniel. Everyone is te- cheering for Kofi. There's no one watching that if you're watching cuz you want thinking Daniel Bryan, I hope Daniel Bryan wins. Why is everyone cheering for Kofi? Um, I don't know what you're doing. Quit trying so hard, dude. Yeah. It's wrestling. <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't know what you're doing, and it's. They're they're chanting "New Day rocks, New Day rocks," and it's like that's such a moment because like when they started, the joke was "New Day sucks," and they got New Day so over, and then people online are talking to other like old wrestling bookers and people from the industry are talking about it's time to break them up, and they're like, no. And here it is. Here's the moment where they can solidify. You can have a single star. You can have a New Day singles run while still it, keeping the, the stable life. Which doesn't make sense to me, first of all, when you talk about the New Day need to break up. Did the NWO need to break up when Hollywood Hogan was WCW World Champion? No, they didn't. don't know did why DX that's Did DX need to break up? Nope, nope. I Remember mean, how everyone, how in The Shield, like... It was, they each had belts basically like yeah they didn't need to break they did break them up eventually but that's because their value individually was astronomical um and and it wasn't a group like it's the, the new day the, their dynamic is so different which is weird that all it is is just them being goofy and having fun it's so much different for most tag teams that they it's like they're not a tag team they're friends yes it's, They're the most. It's the most believable in what, like the Riot Squad. It works pretty well. Like we're a family, but they they haven't been doing doing the Riot Squad for four years. Yeah, almost five years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this, it's as soon as they they realize it's just us two in this ring, they immediately get out to, like, exchanging strikes. Kofi's in, like, full adrenaline mode screaming. Daniel Bryan's screaming as they're striking each other. Uh, (coughs) Kofi gets an SOS and almost pins Daniel Bryan. Heart stops. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Daniel gets a... (laughs) Gets Kofi thrown into the post and then does his, like, corner drop kicks things for a lot. And then Kofi kicks out of it. 
Daniel does like four of them, and I keep thinking that Kofi's going to counter them or something to keep it going on longer, but Daniel gets a pin, and then he kicks out, which is already <laughs> wild. Kofi made it this far, and he's kicked out of one of Daniel Bryan's signature things. It's It was just... It was it was intense. At one point, um, Dane Bryan delivered a running knee. Um, Kofi's sell of it was incredible. Um, you would think that's enough. No, Kofi kicks out again. Um, he stomps Kofi and he 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 tries to roll him up again. Doesn't get it. Then he puts him in the label lock, and I'm like, that's it. It's over. Yeah. And Kofi manages to crawl to the bottom rope and grab onto it. They they then the, after this is when they go up to the top of the pod, which is where I was like, okay, Kofi can win from here. Kofi's yeah, this is gonna is... win from here. He just <laughs> they they keep making it seem like they're going to do a superplex, which scares the shit out of me. Because yeah. <laughs> Kofi's older, Daniel Bryan has a history of concussions and is older. That's terrifying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, he, D- Daniel Bryan, he he's able to get Daniel Bryan down, and he he jumps for the crossbody, and Daniel Bryan rolls out of the way. And, and, oh, and then, then they get in there and Daniel Bryan goes to set up a knee and he hits him with the knee and Daniel Bryan retains the WWE championship. But they make it very clear that this match wasn't even about Daniel Bryan. <laughs> None of this was. It was the main event, and it's not even about the belt, really, at this point. It's a, it's about the movement that's happening with The New Day and Kofi Kingston. It's crazy how quickly this happened, and like it, I said earlier, as a result <laughs> of an accident. Yeah, so it was last weekend, Mustafa Ali gets, gets hurt. I think he got a concussion at a live event. Uh, they're not comfortable with clearing him for Elimination Chamber. So they're throwing Kofi because the New Day are all great wrestlers. Um, and then Kofi goes an hour in in the gauntlet match. For what reason backstage? I'm not I'm not sure. That's that's kind of weird when you think about it too. Like unless unless like the refs have an earpiece in and it's Vince backstage just yelling, nope, we're doing this, let them know this is what we're doing. That's yeah, usually uh, timekeepers area, people who signal to the ref and then the ref tells them. Yeah. Quote like, timekeepers area. Yeah, if it's if it's something like that, I don't know, but they let Kofi wait an hour for some reason. Everyone was rooting for him. And because of that hour-long gauntlet run, which I, I, I'm not going to take away from Seth Rollins setting that record last year, but it's more exciting that, Co- that Kofi's done it because you're not expecting it from Kofi. You, 
you know he can do it. You're just not expecting him to have the opportunity to do yeah. it, which is why it's so meaningful. Yeah, we know that Seth Rollins is a top guy. Seth Rollins can be Brock Lesnar, probably. Like we, yeah. we know that. <laughs> Kofi Kingston, you know, most people are going like, yeah, he'll never have a world title. Yeah. So the fact that he's he he eliminated the WWE champion, he then eliminated Jeff Hardy, he eliminated <laughs> Samoa Joe, and then went toe to toe with AJ Styles. And then came out on Sunday and did the same thing. And almost won the WWE title at least two times. It, it's time, I think. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's time. And then after the match was over, uh, Big E and Xavier came out. And, you know, Kofi, Kofi didn't cry. Kofi wasn't mad. Uh, he, he just looked disappointed. He looked like he he wanted the match to start over so he could start again. Yeah, he I I feel like he could have gone another thirty minutes. Yeah, with, he's with Daniel. <laughs> he's incredible, and we'll talk a little bit more about it later in the show. There's I have obviously some galaxy more brain on thoughts. Yeah, I have some galaxy brain thoughts. Um, this is and this is a huge deal because of whatever it turns out of this. It's like. The, on Squared Circle, they do, like, the the ending, the, like, uh, copyright logo of each pay-per-view. This is... The, the stuff like this is why that d- comp- compiling something like that is interesting. Because the end of the pay-per-view, you want to have, like, a huge development, or some someone standing tall, or someone experiencing, like, a huge loss. It's kind of like how you end, uh, end a season of a show, where, like... Yeah, mid-season break or something, is you have something dramatic at that end. With, with this, it was Kofi and the, Xavier and Biggie all standing at the top of the ramp, looking good for them. And overall, Elimination Chamber, like we said at the top of the show, is the best pay-per-view we've watched since we've been back. Yeah, absolutely absolutely the best pay-per-view it's it's not even i want to say it's not even close in my mind been some pay-per-views that i've been pretty fond of uh i liked extreme rules weirdly enough that's just last week beat the big dog yeah (laughs) man if you have a way to watch it go watch elimination chamber 2019 do yourself a favor it was it was excellent. We'll talk a little bit more about Kofi um, and Becky uh, when we get into SmackDown. But there's something absolutely wild happened on Monday Night Raw 24 hours later. <laughs> um, so Triple H starts the show off on Monday Night Raw. Jory, what is Triple H talking about? He's he's talking about uh, how crazy Elimination Chamber was. And- it's like, hey, thanks WWE Universe. Are you ready? For Monday Night Raw. Yeah. It's me, the game. You like me. Guess what? Last night, Elimination Chamber sure was nuts. But guess what else? We've got four NXT stars backstage for some reason. <laughs> it's, the, it's the gif of the guy who, like, he, like, kind of double takes a little bit. And then, like, his eyes open really wide. That It was like, uh, excuse me? That's, this was spoiled that's for me before I started watching the show. But it's still just like, 
this the source we have here talks about how it was bizarre to announce them this way, and I completely agree with that. <laughs> I think you, you know what I watched before we recorded. What What did you watch? Uh, when John Cena was doing the U.S. Open Challenge, and then Kevin Owens came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, like. That's those are things you want to do in hot cities like Chicago, mm. Philadelphia, New York, um, places where they know who these guys are. And I would have just waited until the next night and then just had people come out and go like, "You said there's more opportunities around here. We want opportunities." And then, you know, oh, you'll have your opportunity face to face with Triple H, and then one and only. <laughs> like that's what I would. That makes sense. Like. Opposed to just here's video packages and pictures of them and descriptions of them, um, they're they'll be here tonight. It's like okay, yeah. So that's weird. Th- there's this introduction of it was weird. There was uh, an article I read earlier today saying explaining why it was bad, and some of our group have just me- him being like, "We've got Ricochet, Alistair Black, Johnny Gargano, and Tommaso Ciampa in the arena tonight, and they're all gonna wrestle." Um, instead, they're like, they need to build up to them for weeks with vignette packages no. and stuff like that. No. It's like, the, that's... That's cool uh, for some people. That works really well for some I'll, people. I'll say, uh, wrestling fans sometimes aren't smart, but to think that the only way for people to give a shit about a wrestler is for them to spend two months going, this guy's, he's a real big fucking deal, and he's coming soon. Ricochet would have gotten That's... the same reaction out of the crowd in Lafayette, Louisiana, <laughs> whether you showed a month of vignettes or a year of vignettes. There's a way to get him over without having him in the ring, having him do backstage run-ins, showing off his athleticism in backstage stuff. Having him, you know, have little fights and stuff backstage, things like that. There's a way to get people to go like, I like that guy, but I want to see more of him. There's a way to do it, but out of the two ways WWE was probably going to do it this way or a month of vignettes, it doesn't just do it, you know. Granted, the, the way they chose to do it, they didn't do it the best way, but I don't... I like months of vignettes. I think that's cool, too, but it's you don't always need to introduce guys like that. Yeah. And yeah, we have the the, the top four NXT guys, basically. <laughs> Besides undisputed era, Triple H is like, you, I, you, we're not putting Adam Cole on here yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so basically, what it was, um, per Dave Meltzer, was Vince went, give me your top four guys. I I want Monday Night Raw to be good again, and Triple H was like, okay, you can have these four guys. Uh, good picks if they have anyone come out during like a u.s open challenge or intercontinental challenge it needs to be uh velveteen dream yeah he'll probably be he might be north american champion now i don't know i haven't watched nxt yet this week um that makes sense if johnny's gonna be full-time on the main roster now like these guys are it would it would completely make sense then for johnny to lose the north american title and champa to lose the um the NXT title. Um, I can't wait for them to start calling these guys just Alistair, Gargano, and Champa. That's going to be dumb. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why that's an obsession that they have. But yeah, so th- these NXT guys have been introduced. We'll see them throughout the show. Um, what happened after that? 
Triple H was like, we're putting Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin in a tables match. You guys like like Braun, right? And then Braun Strowman no. put Baron Corbin through a table. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> did anyone come out to say anything? Or And, and then uh, Paul Heyman came out after. And then Braun Strowman got mad at him because Braun doesn't like Brock Lesnar. And then Paul Heyman was like, Hey, here, look. Brock Lesnar was strong and cool. Look at him. He fucking was. Yeah, he was. Um, But that's not going to get me to like him now. (laughs) But I think recapping the story is probably a good idea because... At least the more recent stuff because, you know, Mm -hmm. reminds people like, hey, this is why he's build this way and booked this way because he's beaten everybody at a really young age and he's beaten all these guys who were supposed to be they superman booked him and that kind of sucks but like you gotta you gotta roll you did it now you gotta roll with it i i i like how because they they showed both one half now and one half later i i think it's really funny how paul Heyman said that he left ufc because there because there's new he Went through everyone there, so he's got to come back to the WWE. Because there's all new talent there. And he's beat yeah. all the new talent, too. Yeah, that's... Yeah. I mean, it's good for them for keeping up with kayfabe, but it feels a little silly. <laughs> it's it's the best thing you can do with this, I think. I think yeah. with, with what they have, they're doing the best with it. If you love Brock Lesnar, this is going to get you excited. And... Otherwise, you just kind of are tuning out here. I like the stuff about him before, because I think Brock Lesnar was really fucking cool in like 2002, 3, 4. I think maybe he debuted in 3, actually. I think he was really fucking cool, and to have some like 22-year-old guy uh, just come show up and beat The Rock, like, holy fuck. Like, that guy's, that guy <laughs> is nuts. Yeah. And they've really through-line booked him like that. And I think that's pretty, you know, even if it sucks right now, that's pretty admirable to have one character last the same way for so long. And, like, even if even if we think it sucks now, it went on for 16 years or so, and yeah. it took 16 years for people to... Granted, there was the big break for UFC, but it took 16 years for people to go, like, yeah, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's... It was pretty successful then. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh... Hey, Ricochet's first match on Raw was a tag match where he teamed with Finn Balor against Bobby Lashley a, and Leo Rush. What, what, what a what a good setup. Finn Balor's like, hey, look at this. I've got a belt. Finally. It's about goddamn time, huh? Fuck okay. those guys backstage. Um, <laughs> and, uh, anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it up with, uh, with challenges and stuff. You know, the spirit of the IC title. And then... Leo Rush came out and was like, "Ha ha, it's me." He was looking sad. I'm sorry, sad. big man, big man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what happened. It's my fault, big man. And Bobby Lashley uh, attacked, and uh, <laughs> all that that was happening. We get the one and only, and I'm like, "Mom, mom, pay attention, mom, mom, look, mom," because <laughs> I turned into a five year old whenever these NXT guys come out. <laughs> There were plenty of times, I'll say this, if we're talking about parents' reactions to to WWE's new crop of guys that showed up Monday night, there were at least three times between Raw and SmackDown where Ricochet was doing something and my dad went, God damn. 
Like, <laughs> I think he's impressed. Uh, but this match, it was cool. This was originally supposed to be Finn Balor versus Ricochet, and Ricochet answering the open challenge would have been pretty cool, but this doesn't make sense to have Ricochet lose on his first night on Raw. So Ricochet and Finn Balor uh, beat Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush. Ricochet got to 630 uh, Rush, and that was... I mean... The crowd and the crowd in Lafayette Monday night kind of sucked. Like I get real on crowds because crowd energy like makes wrestling. If you go back and watch, I, this is the 40th time I've said this exact phrase this episode. If you go back and watch Attitude Era stuff, there's sometimes when the show kind of sucks. When like you know Dean Malenko being some weird pervert or like The Godfather parading hoes around is like it's it's stupid and it's pointless and it's dumb and I hate it. But the crowd energy makes me go like I'm gonna keep paying attention to this. You know like that's uh, yeah, the, the crowd energy is making it to where this could end up pretty cool, and it usually does. Uh, but Lafayette's one of those uh, old old man with arms folded in front row cities. Like, what? Why are you here? Because Ricochet, Ricochet was doing shit that was like pop worthy, and there's yeah. literally a guy in this picture you see. You see the security guy in this image? And like the mm. left side, you look like two people over. What's this guy doing? Two people to the right, standing in front row with his arms. <laughs> Not even it's looking like, at it. Yeah, it's just, it's what, dude. Ricochet's jump. He's doing a fucking backflip out of the ring onto Leo Rush. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you paid is... hundreds of dollars to see this. What are you doing? <laughs> this is <laughs> this whole match was nuts, and it was a great showcase for Ricochet and Finn Balor's like the best person for him to team up with. Not only just to get him over, but because they're both extraordinary men who can do extraordinary things yeah um my, my mom was was all locked in on this uh <laughs> to where like at like the start of this match i was i was doing something downstairs with with my dog and she's like jory you're missing it he just did something to Leo Rush, and he, he like, flopped around all in the air. <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, when... <laughs> when, uh, when... Finn rolled out and got the tag to... To Ricochet, that's... Towards the end, and got, got Leo Rush with that, like... Diving uppercut, and, uh... Threw him into the corner. I made sure everyone in the goddamn house was watching. My all the dogs, all the pets, everyone was watching to see Ricochet pull off that six thirty splash. Yes, I that did too. Unbelievable! I stood up and I was like, "Look at this! Look at this!" Like pointing at the TV. <laughs> you gonna want to see this? Six thirty is insane. Damn, we're fucking Ricochet marks. How can you not be? Yes, yeah, it's hard <laughs> well, not to be when you like, watch him wrestle. Three minutes into that ladder match, his first match in NXT, I was like, damn, I'm a ricochet mark. Yeah, and then when we showed our non-wrestling watching friends, they were all like, damn, he's cool. <laughs> yeah. I really think he, I think him and Aleister Black are gonna, they're gonna help. Him, Aleister Black, and Adam Cole, make sure they're on SmackDown visible on Fox. Like, this shit's gonna get big. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was good. We'll have a little bit more ricochet uh, coming up. Um, <laughs> what happened after that? Lucha House Party versus Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Zack Ryder Lucha. and Kurt Hawkins, you know, being pushed as a tag team. This is a kind of cool undercard story. 
um, trying to get their win, uh, trying to you know m- seize those opportunities, but woo, fell woo, woo. <laughs> fell to the Lucha House Party. Um, yeah, we get to see Zack Ryder. Yeah, yeah, we get to see both of them, which I appreciate. I think I think they're both. Cool Kurt wrestlers. Hawkins is a great wrestler. Yes, yeah, <laughs> he he really is. Um, so they're the youngest tag team champions ever at one point. So that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, hopefully they get to the top. Who who has the the, the revival? I think Zack mm-hmm. Ryder, Kurt Hawkins versus the revival. That's a pretty cool match, honestly, in my opinion. Yeah, I I think them ending their streak should be them winning. Uh. <laughs> Tag titles. It's just it feel feel bad that it's uh with um. I think it. I think it should be. If they do. I think it should be a qualifying match, and then I think the 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 like they beat. Let's say they beat um. Lucha House Party again. They, they face Lucha House Party on Raw before Fastlane, and then you know the winner gets to face a revival at at Fastlane. And then they should beat them, and it's crazy. And the crowd is like nuts. Maybe even this week, come upcoming week in Atlanta, and then like that the Raw Tag Team Titles match is actually on the Fastlane card, not the pre-show, and they get to go a good amount of time. Maybe they don't win, but like get those get those guys in there. Those guys deserve that spotlight. Get them that DVD paycheck. There's just not much going on with it, so. Yeah, there's not much to say. Not much to say with this other thing either. Uh, heavy heavy machinery. machinery. Talking about how stakes and weights, they have each other's backs. They're brothers, I guess? Stakes and weights. I, I I imagine it's like brother, like, we're that good of friends. And then yeah. Lace, Lace, Lacey Evans came out. Remember when Lacey Evans came out for two seconds at Elimination Chamber? When she, You know what? I found out she has wrestled. On main event. She's been wrestling on main event. That makes sense. Okay. I, that's have, I guess probably, I'll check out main event. I guess that's that's where she belongs, I guess. <laughs> right. You know, if she, it's me to They're going to do this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, if they're going to just have her do this and then not wrestle, I don't give a shit. Yeah. And it's mean to say, but main event's probably the place to put her after putting her first in the rumble. Going, here's your time. <laughs> And she just kind of fumbled it, honestly. Like, yeah, she's a fucking incredible wrestler and much better than me. I know, guy listening. I know I've never done anything close to what she has. She's wrestled in front of thousands of people. And, you know, people around the world love her. I do, too. But, like, when I think about all the, like, botches at the Royal Rumble, do you remember the failed kip-up? That was, like... Oh, no. She just kind of flopped on her back again, and I was like, "Fuck, dude, goddamn." Um, yeah, that's it's it's probably like we're not gonna send you back down to NXT, but you're gonna need some work. So get the crowd ready, and that's a good that's a good place because we saw what main event is like when it's recorded. People fuck people just ready for wrestling when it starts. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> um, yeah. So she came out and walked the ramp like a catwalk, and then. She came back up and kind of looked at uh, Otis Dozovich and Tucker Knight, and they then walked the ramp like f- fucking goofballs like they are. I love the Otis Dozovich strut. It's very funny. Um, not really much else to say here. 
it's it's good that they're still on TV, even though tonight was the big night for the other NXT call-ups. Now let's talk about something nuts. <laughs> so, there's two things nuts about this. This matchup on main roster, and hey, they're actually talking about stuff that happened in NXT. Yeah. They're not treating it like it never happened. Yeah. They, they had a backstage segment of... Uh, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode trying to uh, be like, hey guys, we know you're new here. And Chad's like, I know I, know I beat you guys in NXT. And they're both both standing there with belts. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then they everyone kind of jawed back and forth. And Johnny and Tommaso talked about how things have changed since they left. And they're now ready for the challenge of main roster. Because obviously they are. They're the the main event and mid-card champions in NXT. And um, then the Revival's music hits, and they're walking down the ramp, and uh, we're going to have a match. Revival versus DIY. And they had probably what is considered to be the best tag team title match in WWE in the last (laughs) 10 years. (laughs) Yeah. Take over Toronto in twenty seventeen, sixteen. That's that's the one that got like the match of the year and stuff, right? Yep, that's and, it. And praise from all over. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. And uh, what man was this a good match? This this was this was nuts, and it sure is hard to hard, hard to uh, not look like an idiot just watching this happen (laughs) yeah because it's a revival you've wanted for so long to do well and then it's guys you could have only dreamed of being on raw like (laughs) two hours before the show before the show started and they're here and it's happening and they're themselves you know it's not like there's some weird pacing about main roster they're putting on an nxt caliber match which again i'm a grumpy old man in front of a crowd that doesn't give a shit yeah, <laughs> thank God SmackDown was a little bit more attentive. That's because they were in a real market and not the backwoods. <laughs> Imagine if this happened in Sioux Falls and we're like on the ground fucking crying while yeah. everyone's like on their phones. Yeah, yes, and drunk and going like, where's Brock? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, the only time I think... My my body will like be un- incapable of processing a match is if I see uh, Gargano versus Kevin Owens. I'll just <laughs> oh hell yeah! I'll mark my Gargano brains versus out. Kevin Owens versus Adam Cole. <laughs> Ooh, Gargano versus Kevin Owens versus Ricochet. I think you'd die. I think you would die. I don't know if you'd make it. <laughs> But <laughs> they they got to look strong. That's the wildest fucking thing. Yeah. Everyone got to look good, but god damn. They got to pull off fucking everything. Champa didn't get to do a fairytale ending either night, which is weird. Y- yeah. But he, he got his signature, like, 
the, the sit on the apron and then clap real hard and then pat yourself on the back and it seemed like people were into that yeah they were like yeah good for you man yeah <laughs> so like as long as that gets over because that's my favorite thing about uh champa is that that goofy little thing because it's like look how good i am i'm so damn good and it's like yeah man that that works for his character really well <laughs> uh you know how he comes out in that like big uh collared jacket I'm gonna mod Resident yeah. Evil 2 remake to make him Mr. Mr. X uh, Champa, <laughs> and he just chases after you, screaming Goldie. Where's Goldie? No, he chases after you in the the heart monitor beeping from the beginning of this oh, thing. Oh no! It, it sure um, is. It sucks that this crowd did give a shit about this match. Yeah, well, I was yeah. like, I'm on my, on the floor, like crying from how good it is and from how happy I am to see to see Johnny Gargano on on a main roster match and doing good. Yeah, they they got the Johnny got to attempt some some of his slingshot uh, spears. I love those. Um, uh, they kicked out of Shatter Machine at one point. Uh, I believe Gargano <laughs> kicked out of Shatter Machine. Yep. Um, and they won with their signature move. I've never heard the name of because I haven't gone back and watched any of, watched any of DIY's run. Meeting in the middle, which is a knee from Johnny and a super kick from Champa to the head of someone, and they pinned <laughs> they pinned the <laughs> the raw, raw tag, tag team champions. Team. So. Yeah, it's wild. They got to look strong their first night out. Sucks it's for the exciting. revival, but the revival they should be used to it by now. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll get they'll get theirs on this one, I think. Um, yeah, there's still more to talk about with these guys. Let's let's move through the rest of Raw. Um, Sasha Banks and Bailey got to come out and celebrate their historic uh, tag team title victory at Elimination Chamber and talked about how incredible it was and. Uh, that they got to do it with each other and how, you know, everyone is, it's for everyone and it's for everyone and all the women in the back who didn't think it was possible and then guess who fucking comes out to ruin the moment? It's Tamina and Nia Jax. Hashtag facebreaker, Michael Cole voice. The the biggest takeaway from this is that they're also going to be defended at NXT? Oh, that they were mentioning NXT? Yeah, I think I think that's possible. I think uh, I don't think they'd ever ask them to pull double, double duty and do it at a takeover. But I think if they're in the area while a taping is going on, you could definitely see Bailey and Sasha Banks come out with the women's tag titles and face Kyrie and Io. I think that's possible. See, I, I think if they couldn't, if they didn't have like a huge, huge match for them at the pay per view, even though takeovers are on big pay per view weekends, yeah. you can just have them have them defended at the takeover instead of the. Uh, pay-per-view so you could cut down on the card a little bit too yeah if you don't pl- yeah if you don't plan on um like like money in the bank the weekend would be a good weekend for them to defend it at a takeover yeah i even think wrestlemania weekend would be good if they want to build <laughs> to that between fast lane and wrestlemania well wrestlemania is probably going to be uh legends versus the tag team champions so yeah <laughs> and that'll be more exciting than what we're going to get at fast lane so <laughs> yeah, Fastlane will probably be Tamina and Nia Jax. Yeah, so yeah, uh, Nia Jax came out and talked about how 
Sasha loses her belts on her first title defense every time, and um, she's never successfully defended a title on main roster, which is disappointing, but yeah, yeah, they left, and that was the end of that. Um, Hey, we got a backstage segment. Moving on quickly, if you don't have any more thoughts on that. Um, Nope. We have a backstage segment where uh, Drew McIntyre is asking Triple H for opportunities since all the NXT guys were getting some. And then Dean Ambrose came up smacking his gum looking like the weirdo he is. And then, (laughs) you want opportunities, bud? And then slapped Drew McIntyre. (laughs) That was was fucking wild. He's like, you want opportunities? Come on, fucker. And he just walked away. Oh, he's like, okay, okay <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then Triple H is like, you, you want, uh, you still want Seth Rollins? And McIntyre was like, give me, give me Ambrose. So, Make the match. Yeah. And so, then he, then he squashed Dean Ambrose. Yep. Glaslow kissed Claymore. Ambrose pinned. AEW sounding real nice right about now, huh? So, the the only reason I have zero hope for this. Is there isn't any sort of like commentary, dialogue, or anything coming from anywhere being like, why is this, why is Dean like this? He's just not himself lately. I mean, it was kind of because after this, uh, he ran it. <laughs> after this, he uh, Dean backstage ran into Seth and he, and he's like, hey man, how's it going? Seth is like, what the, what the fuck is going on with you? He, he said specifically, which makes me believe that they might be trying to 180 this into something to try to keep him around, or he's not actually leaving, and it's kind of, uh, it's a work, is he said, hey, where were you out there? Like, <laughs> shield brother, come help me. <laughs> and Seth was like, fuck you, man. And he was like, whatever, I don't know what your problem is, and walked away, like... I don't know, like, maybe Dean will come out during Mania and help with Brock or something. Like, who knows what's possible. Yeah, it's weird. Um, let's talk about the Elias segment. Turned into a match. <laughs> this is, this is hard, this is difficult for my mom. Yeah, oh yeah. Hard choice to See, make. I'm feeling like an extra loser talking about, talking about how much my mom is with these things, but that's just, a, that's just a bonus part of this podcast. Plus, that's the extra view into the casual wrestling fan's eye. Brain. Watching wrestling with your parents. Yep. It's pretty good. Except for when my mom's like, who's that? What's that doing? <laughs> and Elias, Elias is there, and he's uh, he's mad that NXT people are here, and he's like, WWE stands for Walk with Elias. These losers can't change that. I'm a big deal. I sold out Madison Square Garden. Whatever. Uh, I should have gotten a Grammy. Uh, my my special should have gotten an Oscar. Anyways, here's a song that I'm not going to play for you because I hate you guys. And Aleister Black came out. And I'm, I'm marking out because Aleister Black's cool. Have, <laughs> have I said it on this podcast before? that I think he has potential to be the next Undertaker in terms of sort of high gimmick and yeah. mystique around him. Yeah, I really do. I uh, also think because he's not uh, seven foot two like the Undertaker, he can be more accessible and interesting as a world champion. Yes. Because yeah. 
this is this this comparison is partially because of the like in ring sitting and the tattoos and stuff, but he could be a good mix of like the Undertaker and CM Punk. Yeah. No, I think that's you know less mouthy than CM Punk, obviously, but uh, y- yeah, uh, I think that's a very good way of saying that because his size is how big is he? He's like six three, maybe. Um, that's a size where he can face someone like Ricochet for the world title, and it's believable. He can face someone like Cesaro for the world title, and Cesaro's like six five, and you could even put him up against really big guys like Braun, and you know. Lars Sullivan's not much bigger than him, but if there's ever a situation where it's Aleister Black versus Braun, like, that's, like, oh, that's a mountain to climb, but it's not, like, Gargano versus Braun, where it's like, okay, he has no chance, because that's six of him in one. Uh, I think you're right. He's more accessible in that way of, like, he can do a lot... And he is pretty high gimmick. The candle. They brought they brought everything out for him. The little thing that raises him up. The candles. The, yeah. The, the fog machine. They kind of That's fuck why up it's the. Good. They kind of fuck up the timing on the lifting with the music compared to NXT. But I mean, they fucked up the turn, the camera turn, for sanity forever. So it's not that big of a deal. It, it kind of stuttered too on Tuesday. If you notice, they kind of like the hydraulics on it kind of stopped for a second at the last yeah. second. It's just stuff you got to iron out. These people are new to doing this entrance. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's going to be awesome. And his match against Elias on Monday night was awesome. It was good. Elias is a good wrestler, uh, but he, he got that black mass on him. <laughs> yep. He faded to black. All right. He's one of the most deadliest strikers in professional wrestling. Oh yeah. I want to touch on the fact that Michael Cole called him the dark, the moody. Oof. Moody's bad. That's calling bad him that moves. just makes it sound like he's a uh, he's he's seventeen. Yeah, and listening to like My that. Chemical Romance. I didn't like that. I think that was weird. Um, I don't think anybody liked that. Alistair Black even uh, did a thing with it where he had an album cover by the Moody something, or the album was called Moody something, and he put the Moody, Moody Blues. Black. And, yeah, probably and, the Moody and, Blues changed to Moody Black. That makes sense. Yeah, and then put his face on all the, all the people on the album cover. That's good. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Let's talk about the main event. At least Ruby Wright got a real match this time, right? Yeah. I was hoping something would happen to this, but no. Uh, Rousey kicks out of two riot kicks and retains. I mean, Ruby Riot gets to look better, but she lost the night before. Yeah, and it's something that probably, at this stage of her being on main roster, something that probably was going to happen anyway, right? Like, she's not going to get a world title right now. But at least she got to come back and put up a fight on the show that more people are going to be able to see than Elimination Chamber. So, I think if if you just kind of worked yourself into that corner, and that's how you got to do it for a Ruby. Um, but, yep, that's we're talking more about Ruby Riot than we are the women's champion. Because what else is there to say? So, Raw was pretty good, surprisingly. <laughs> it was better than usual, but I mean, when you have four of the hottest wrestlers on the planet right now on your show randomly. It's going to be pretty good, I think. 
you want to talk about SmackDown? Wasn't too much to yeah. unpack from there. Well, there was a lot, but less than Raw. Yeah, SmackDown Live. And at the end of SmackDown, I was like, wow, SmackDown sure does go by faster than Raw does. I'm like, sure does. Yep. Feels a, feels a lot more streamlined and a lot better, honestly. Yeah. We start off SmackDown Live with an authority figure again. Except this time, it's Shane. And he's like, hey. We, uh... We, we lost the tag titles. But... But guess what? The NXT guys are here. So that's cool. They're gonna be doing stuff tonight. The Miz came out and was like, I'm sorry, Shane. I have to admit, I was using you. It's like, of course... You don't. You don't Miz. have to. You're, you're the Miz. We know I mean, this. Currently, you're being a face, and it's weird. <laughs> uh, and he's like, "Hey, Shane, you gotta make a a tag match between us. <laughs> the tag match for us to get the, get the titles back, please. You're the one who can do this." I'm thinking like that's a that's a severe conflict of interest right there. That's fucked up. That's not okay. It's not okay. And the Usos came out and was like, "Hey, we'll give you a tag match, cause we'll we'll let you guys prove that we're better than you." Ha ha. Made the match for uh, the mat for Fastlane in Cleveland, where the Miz is from, and Mister Miz will be ringside. Yeah. That's what I'm happened pretty, there. I'm pretty lukewarm on on this thing. I'm yeah. not. I'm not gonna be like the people who are mad. I saw during Elimination Chamber someone talking about how Shane has had like three title reigns while Sami Zayn has had zero. Which yeah, it's kind of fucked up. But what can you do? <laughs> you you can't. Um, here's what you can do: buy tickets when Sami Zayn is in your town and fucking scream your head off. When uh, Sami Zayn it comes out, that's what you can do. Uh, buy Sami Zayn T-shirts on the shop. Like that's this is the only way we can tell them that we like them. Um, other than uh, just happenstance stuff, like what happened with you know Kofi and Becky, stuff that just you know sort of happened. But I think yeah. that will come for Sami Zayn. I think that'll happen for him. Yeah, that that's that's pretty much it. After that, uh, we got another <laughs> Alistair Black match, and wouldn't yeah! you know, it's against his old NXT rival, Andrade Cien Almas, uh, and his uh, and his not wife, uh, Zelina Vega. Yeah, he had to have his. Alistair Black had to listen to his wife tell him that he's not as good as the man he's wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. The, Zelina tweeted. Zelina tweeted the um, the dumb the dumb SpongeBob the clucking SpongeBob, with the like, frantic caps, and it was like, whose side is she on? You know, it's good. Um, That's really funny. <laughs> Uh, but this match, like I said, rivalry renewed. One of the best matches in NXT history. Um, man, SmackDown deserved this. New Orleans, Louisiana deserved this because they got on their feet for this fight. 
and it was good. They were chanting uh, Alistair by the end of the match. Whew. And it, it's only his second show. It's so good. <laughs> He's super over already. <laughs> yeah, and he should. I, mean, I think him and Ricochet should be. <laughs> and hey, maybe this will help raise El Idolo, Andrade, C, and Almas. We got to say the whole thing every time because it's funny that he's only Andrade now. I'm going to definitely make sure to say Andrade, C, and Almas because I don't know what the point of getting rid of someone's last name is. It was really just like a condensed version of their feud in NXT and it looked really yeah. good. And they talked about it on on commentary, which is a surprise. Yeah. A big surprise. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, he got the black mass and pinned him, which kind of feel bad for Andrade because he doesn't, he hasn't been able to do much. He's been showing up a little bit more, but not as much as he should be. But nope, I don't know, you got to phase people out. The stuff, the stuff with, the stuff with Rey Mysterio, kind of yeah. halted out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, again, Ray hasn't been on TV for probably three, four weeks now since Rumble ended. Since the Tuesday after Rumble, he has not been on TV. So, yeah, this was good. You know these two have chemistry. Put them out there. They're going to put on a good match. And I'm excited to see where all these guys land, and I have a thought about that. I think they're going to do a redraft sometime after WrestleMania, a couple weeks after Mania. Not the, not the night after. I think that would be the wrong time to do it, but I think maybe mm-hmm. the, the week after. April, yeah, late April, maybe at the latest, early May, they're going to redraft, and then they're going to bring up maybe a couple more people from NXT, um, maybe Undisputed yeah. Era, and maybe Candice LeRae. At, they, now that they've lost four people, they need people down there, right? Uh, there's going to be a big turnover, so NXT's going to have a, 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 like a, a grace period, I think, of, of like, oh, these, these people aren't super over, like these other guys are but i think it will be good for main roster as long as they utilize everyone well yeah i think uh, uh th- there there's there's all sorts of stuff that they can be doing with these nxt call-ups that sets like a tone for the company um they kind of clearing out room for nxt for a lot of the, the new signees there to get a move on up it could be a preemptive way in case like people start getting released or asking for releases or don't want to renew contracts, whether it's for AEW or just stuff in general. Yeah, they're ready and, to move on. They want to go back to Japan or to Japan in general or Impact or just go or, home, wrestle the indies. Or I'm sure this would be a controversial take, but uh, I'm sure for some people it could be a boot in the ass for... Uh, Vince could be like, hey, these guys are ready and over already. They can take your spot pretty easy if you don't get your shit together. Yeah. So. There was a... there. I, maybe you sent it to me, but there was an inter- interesting anecdote where it was like... Um, in like 2012, 13, 14, it was... The narrative backstage was like, you guys need to work harder because all these indie guys are coming up through NXT to take your job. Uh, it's now, jo- Joey Ryan tweeted something like, e- about e- that, yeah. Yeah, and now it's um, those guys are leaving those jobs to chase indie money. <laughs> uh, but the, the, I think the narrative is always going to be a little skewed because like nobody's going to make bucks money. Like 
nobody's gonna make Cody money. No one's gonna make the the money the elite is. You're gonna do well, and you can work for those guys, but you're yeah. you're not gonna. You can help build something. AEW could become yeah. a legit one for one contender. Uh, I, I have I have grumpy mean guy takes and. We'll see as the, as AEW goes on, but people support the elite and not the company. So I mean, e- e- don't know. That's, that's it, they fine. could they could thrive for a while, and then once those guys take a smaller role, then who knows? The 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 weird um, rebuttal I have to that is it's com- it's completely unrelated. Um, people supported Final Fantasy, but maybe not the PlayStation at first, and look at what that did. Right, like <laughs> you can you can just follow something and then help the thing that it it, it houses it grow. Yeah, um, I, I it's, it's weird because like people jump and ship from New Japan because they only give gave a shit about the elite, which is what makes and New Japan a lot of like, like full New Japan fans mad. It's like oh, all you guys just cared about these guys. Yeah, they're not even Japanese wrestlers. Yeah, I and I get that. I get the way a lot of these people feel. And AEW could not exist in a year, or in a year it could be, you know, running the arena circuit like WWE is, you know? Like, who knows what happens, but I do think it's funny, the idea that, you know, watch out for the indie guys, and then five years later it's, hey, you're going to go be an indie guy for that big paycheck? Okay, whatever. Also, none of those are indies. Um Well, it's it it's I I I I get the sentiment that like when guys like him are making, but it uh, <laughs> you, you you do work more than Ring of Honor and you yeah. know whatever else. <laughs> Especially Ring of Honor guys are like locked into contracts that are about the same as WWE, but yeah, if it's not the big guy, it's indie. That's kind of like video games, where <laughs> if you're not a AAA yeah. developer, you're an indie developer, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but hey, hey, hey bit... Cameron, want want to want to hear a surprising twist of events? What's the what happened? What I missed? The bar doesn't win, lol. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So backstage before the start, of Johnny and Champa were standing there with their belts, getting interviewed, and then. The bar walked up, massive units by comparison to Johnny and <laughs> and and Champa. Johnny is actually really small. Um, and when you compare him to Sheamus, he is like <laughs> yeah. he's like five seven. He has to be like five seven. Yeah. Um. So, uh, God, Vince probably looks at him and goes, oh, "Okay, Hunter, sure." Um, <laughs> But they were like, oh, okay, little guys, you went and did something in NXT. That doesn't mean anything here. This is, go back to Raw, go back to NXT, go wherever, as long as you're not on SmackDown. And then they fought them in a tag match. Gargano and Ciampa um, against the bar. And it was pretty good. Uh, yeah. It, it, yeah, it was excellent, I might say. I just have to think, like, what's the deal with putting Gargano and Ciampa in the... Um, in a, in a tag team together, it's for right now, it could totally just be we don't have a lot of time, put them together in segments to kind of give people the idea of their history. They've talked about their history well enough. The expressions from from Johnny and Champa of maybe not trusting each other a whole ton 
kind of look weary of each other. My dad picked up on it. He was like, those guys don't seem to like each other that much. And then I explained the feud to him. And he was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so. I, I, I think it's it's something that they want to have set up for uh, eventually. Is that like a DIY is back together, but not in the way you want it to be. Yeah. I think that's what it is. It's like DIY. Yeah, woo, the, these, these, these guys are back together. Loved them. But under horrible circumstances that they're both broken, destroyed, evil, terrible people. Yeah. They're both scratching and clawing in the most desperate of ways to survive. And it's cool, because I think this feud's going to go on a lot longer than anyone anticipated. Yeah. I think this rivalry's going to go on for years and years and years. And it's going to have a cool payoff. It, th- th- from, from, from this match... Uh, the stuff I want to highlight is just what's what was great the night before. They do all their like Johnny does all the slingshot DDTs and everything. Um, Champa looked like he actually fucked up his leg from the power bomb. Yeah, that was scary. That was that looked like actual bad, but he seemed fine. So that's that's good. Uh, Johnny actually got Cesaro in a crossface. The Gargano escape. Um, Gargano escape. Wow, that took me years. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my uh, god. Okay. Are you having a on. Jimmy Neutron brain blast? Yeah. <laughs> got, a, got a blast. I get it now. Jeez, fuck. Gargano escape. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, Seamus and Cesaro did look pretty good, but uh, Champa... Cesaro looked pretty good. <laughs> well, yeah, that's every time I just keep... Fucking gifts. Maybe this is what breaks them up. They're like, we lost to the, the Manlet Indie guys. I'm, I hate you, Cesaro. And then European uppercuts me. We never see Seamus again. Seamus <laughs> and Randy Orton and Big Show have a triple threat match at rest, on the pre-show of WrestleMania. Winner gets to keep his job, and then Vince comes out laughing and goes, You're all fired! And then I... <laughs> I don't want anyone to lose their job. I'm just kidding. But See, I'm like the Big Show are... of Randy Orton. I don't mind Seamus as much. He's a fine performer, and at least when he does promos and stuff, he's enjoyable. Yeah. It's I... just... The, the bar isn't really a dynamic th- that's that great. It probably would be if we watched that Best of Seven series when it happened. Yeah. But, yeah. I think the bar's come close to its end. Yeah. I, I just I just want a Cesaro singles push more than anything. And if someone like, But guys, earlier you were saying you don't need to break up the New Day to have a singles run, but they gotta break up the bar to have a singles run? And it's their characters. I don't think heels can... I don't think heels, especially someone like Sheamus, could could stay with someone while they're focusing on single stuff. Or or yeah. or there can be, like, the reason why Team Hell No split up is because both Dana Bryan and Kane were both like, hey, we both want to do singles competition. It's probably not a good idea for us to stay a tag team, huh? Yeah. And, um... Uh, also, to add on to that, they don't have to break up for Cesaro's singles push. Yeah, he's definitely qualified for United States title stuff while in the bar. So, uh, they they also don't have to. Uh, I we just want a singles push for Cesaro at some point. But they lost to uh, Gargano and Champa. That was pretty cool. The next segment wasn't. Yeah, um, 
Oscar has a belt just because they have to do something with the belt while their th- other three top women are doing things. Yeah. And she is was... realizing it's more of a consolation prize than you deserve it, Oscar. Yeah, it's more it's of like... a well, you're you're the fourth runner up, so here you yeah. go. And uh... ga- they gave they gave she gave an interview how she's ready for anyone, and I'm like, oh. Hey, maybe Lacey Evans is gonna come out and have a good old match, and then she'll pin her, and Oscar will come out. Will be like, "Hey, I'm still champion, but good job." Handshake. And, but no. Um. Instead, Mandy Rose came out and looked strong, and uh, got a pin because Lacey Evans came out, and then also by pretending to be hurt, and then. That's good heel shit. I like that kind of to push Oscar and then get a pin. I I like that real heel shit. The screaming, oh my god, my eye! I think that was good. Man, Mandy Rose could totally win clean at Fastlane, couldn't she? Yeah, she sure could. She. I feel like that's seventy five percent what's <laughs> gonna happen. And then Oscar should also ask for her release and then go be the woman somewhere else. Because they made it clear they're not ever going to do anything with her. She has the belt on and they're still making it clear. Like, that's it. <laughs> yeah, happy? I, Vince gives her a promo segment so she, so she can embarrass herself in front of him. It was like, why are they cheering? How do they know what she's saying? Yeah, Vince gives her a promo segment so people can go, what? Because that's not embarrassing to do to someone whose native language isn't English. Yeah. And her her yelling in Japanese is always fun, but hey, maybe uh maybe when Eo and Kyrie come up to main roster they can uh they can be they can be freebird tag champs. Hell yeah, that sounds awesome. Um they can be the the the, the New Japan Day lawsuit Um, (laughs) it's an extra dig because New Japan doesn't have women that's like triple layered god damn that's a a thick Taco Bell burrito yeah Um, it's beefy crunch burrito yeah with a Doritos Locos taco inside and a Doritos Locos taco shell (laughs) and the quesarito outside wrapping (laughs) Shredded chicken, uh, beef, and steak on the inside. CWFP sponsored by Taco Bell. It's please, food. Please get. Uh, it's in in quotes. Food. Uh, um, <laughs> Ricochet had a match against Eric Young. Yes. Remember Eric Sanity? On TV. Fuck you, yeah, Eric Young. Remember on Sanity? TV. Yes, and I and remember how meaningless they were to WWE that they did their awesome entrance while they were PIP'd with fucking commercials. Yeah. That was awesome. That was awesome. Holy that was good. Shit. Yeah, the, Eric Young's awesome. Uh, Ricochet got a better reaction from the crowd. He did some insane uh, diving uppercut, and his six six thirty was cleaner tonight. He got more <laughs> of the backdrop on it. He cracked open Eric Young's head. He was bleeding a little bit. Yeah, he uh, gave Alexander Wolf the business, and he jumped off of the barricade at one point. Like he's just, you know, like. And I like how Alexander Wolf was screaming something in German. Yeah, 
he must have talked to Asuka and been like, how do you cut such cool promos? And then she just kind of like shrugged and had a big smile on her face. And he was like, oh, I think I get it now. <laughs> Don't speak the I mean, language they do here. I'd, I'd feel less bad about the sanity thing because like you can only do so much with people. But if they're showcasing the bar and uh, shame the commissioner and tag team stuff more, it's a little upsetting. Uh, I like think, Ricochet. Uh, yeah. I like Sanity. Let's put backstage the bar a little bit <laughs> so we can have Sanity come out. I mean, that's that's a that's a that's a, another benefit of if you give singles run to someone in the new day is you take the new day out of the tag team picture so people stop crying about them yeah and i think i think um if you are keeping them out of the out of the tag picture and i know smackdown's tag titles are valued a little bit more than raws are um because you know they have the usos and the new day over there and you want to do something new give those new opportunities i think giving alexander wolf and killian dane opportunities at those belts and eventually maybe to win them and like what the fuck is ever being done with the united states title eric young versus our truth our truth is still the united states champion right i'm not imagining that oh he still is i think he's hurt right now but eric, <laughs> eric young versus versus our truth for that for that title like that's something you can do and like our truth can get anything over Really, like, people do it in a big market. R-Truth will come out, and people will love it. And then Eric Young can look strong against him, and people go, shit, Eric Young's pretty good. Like, I, I don't know how to book a wrestling show, but that's just my, like, armchair idea. But, like, Eric Young hasn't had enough exposure, and as the leader, leader of Sanity, a, a stable that could do pretty well. That's, like, we'll, we'll never see Eric Young as mid-card champion uh alexander wolf and killing dane as tag champions and nikki cross as woman's champion but like you can have them as a legitimate threat and like on television regularly ended the night with a six-man tag match between the faces from sunday night and the uh <laughs> the heels from sunday night yeah it was not elimination tag it was just six it was just 3v3 jeff hardy aj styles and Kofi kingston against Samojo, randy orton and wwe champion the new daniel bryan Daniel Bryan cut a promo beforehand talking about how people the earth needs him and the, if, even though they they don't uh, they don't uh they don't want him it's what's best for them and uh calling out most of the smackdown roster and how they can't deal with him um and the match was not too long the match was maybe a yeah. total of like 8 minutes but its ending was real good yeah, K- Kofi got uh got to beat up Randy Orton, <laughs> and uh hit the Trouble in Paradise and and win, and, <laughs> and after the match, we got Shane came out and he's like, "So Daniel, here's uh here's who your opponent is gonna be at Fastlane." Everyone's going. Kofi, Kofi, Kofi. It's Kofi Kingston. Yeah, unbelievable. Well, I, 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 I'm glad he's getting an, a, a a match for the WWE Championship. I have a prediction on it. Um, I I have I I have a fantasy booking thing that if they don't 
do it this way, they need to figure out another way to do it that's just as satisfying. Let's, let's hear your fantasy booking real fast. So, Fastlane, it's right before WrestleMania. You're not going to have something as huge as Kofi winning his first world title in his 11 nope. years of the company at Fastlane. But what happens, it, if, you, if you think about it, Kofi is kind of number one contender because it was just him and Daniel Bryan in the ring. He had the hour-long gauntlet match. You could someone could posit, hey, if it was just Kofi and Daniel Bryan, Kofi could have won. Yeah, he's pinned um, him twice in the last three weeks now. Yeah, with that, uh, you you go into Fastlane, the New Day comes out, and then Daniel Bryan comes out with uh, with Rowan, and we get we get a good match, but just as Kofi's about to secure it, like the ref's arm is coming down for three, Rowan like big boots him off or like yanks him off. Causing disqualification, setting up cause for another match. No one allowed at ringside. Kofi can offer something like, "I want, I want one last shot, but you can't have Rowan at ringside." And to prove how serious I am, as much as I love my boys, my brothers, they, they got to stay backstage too. But you get the <gasps> moment from yeah. the crowd because they don't get the full new day. In, they just in, get in Kofi kind of. Biggie kind of crying hysterically. B- Biggie's like, "Come on, C- Kofi! No, come on, man! We want to be there for you." Yeah, and then, they can at least walk him out at the showcase of the Immortals, yeah. but they yeah. can't come down the ramp with him. Yeah, and then you make it happen at WrestleMania. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to predict. So I mean, and in a storytelling sense, here's how it works. Big, bad, mean old Daniel Bryan, who's doom and gloom coming out every week telling out, telling people that they're killing the earth and they're all terrible people, gets beat by the power of positivity. Kofi Kingston in the New Day. And not only that, but in a storytelling sense, Kofi Kingston was elevated to this spot thanks to his support from the fans, who Daniel Bryan has turned his back on despite getting him his huge, incredible, career-defining WrestleMania moment. So, Daniel Bryan gets beat why by is, his own hubris. Why is this making me so emotional? This is written so well. Michael Cole should read exactly what you just said after <laughs> Kofi Kingston wins. Yeah, that is like, amazing. Daniel Bryan turned his back on his fa- on the fans who helped him get, who helped him at his moment uh, at WrestleMania 30. And now it's, it's bit him in the ass because they, they supported someone who can beat him. Someone who... And, and you can have, like, Kofi, like, the week after be like... And it, with the power of positivity, I mean, they wouldn't do this, but this is just me dreaming. It's like, you know, Daniel Bryan sure was a buzzkill, but he was right about a lot of things. Yeah. Oh, thank God. It, it wasn't right of him to do what he's doing, but... <laughs> I, I understand his frustrations. So you That's make excellent. Kofi a super face. Super face, Kofi. And he still, gets to, he still gets to put over Daniel Bryan in a promo yeah. while having the title. And Daniel Bryan comes, and then the the Fly the Valkyries hits, and he comes out, and he's he doesn't say anything. You know, he doesn't do anything, and he gets face-to-face with Kofi Kingston, and he turns around, and you think he's gonna fake. He's gonna you know, do the fake out strike after you know he's pretending to leave, and he shakes his hand and goes backstage. And maybe Daniel Bryan's not on TV for a couple of weeks, and he comes back just Daniel Bryan, yes, mm. movement and all. 
maybe give him an interview, uh, give him give him some backstage segments or interview segments that can play on Raw or SmackDown where he's like, you know, yeah, I, I don't know what came over me. I'm just so frustrated with the social climate in our world right now and everything that's gone on in, in the world and to the environment that I just became a different person and I really needed my friend Kofi to... Yeah. To, to really knock some he, sense into me. Like I, I hit my breaking point and I broke. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that's excellent. This if this is not what happens now, I will be disappointed. This, you should never do this with entertainment where you create what it is in your mind and then hate what you actually get. But I I want this really badly now. Because if if they're doing all this stuff for Becky, I don't see why they couldn't do it for Kofi. Uh, we, we, it's just, it's not to mention all the other stuff, like, uh, how the last, uh, African-American man to hold a world title was Mark Henry eight years ago, and that was the world heavyweight title, not the WWE championship. No black man has ever held the WWE championship in, in (laughs) any, at any point in time. It was kind Mm. of just like, here's the intercontinental title. Here's the U.S. title. Oh, we have the, the WCW world heavyweight title. You guys can have that now. Booker T, Mark Henry... Um, it's, you know, it's probably time to do that. You should never force anything just for the sake of doing it, but you you have it set up with Kofi, and, it, yeah. you know... You have a natural line there. Yeah, you, you no one can sit and tell you, well, you just did it to make history. Bullshit. Some people will still do that, but... Some, absolutely <laughs> they will, but, you know, the, the, the proof is in the pudding. The, the cards read themselves, whatever dumb saying you want to use it's i think it's the right time i think exactly how you described it it's exactly how i imagined in my head let's do it wrestlemania april 7th <laughs> new york yeah. uh, technically new jersey but yeah exciting first becky now kofi who's next who's the next meteoric rise you gotta you gotta guess jory tyler breeze okay tyler breeze i'm gonna go with Sami Zayn. It's already pretty popular, but I think something's going to happen. I mean, re- realistically, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn coming back should be should be immediately big. Something good. Yeah. But I think with I think with Brock potentially out of the picture after Mania, boy, what are we going to get with the Universal Title and Seth Rollins after that? Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, uh maybe uh Ricochet, you know, like who knows? Hopefully oh. not just Braun forever. Braun! Yeah, that'd be the worst case scenario. Hey, Cameron, where can Braun Strowman follow you online? You can follow me at Cam Hambone on Twitter.com, where I tweet about video games and wrestling and how good Capcom's sound team was in the 90s. Third Strike soundtrack? My goodness. That's <laughs> Alex and Ken's stage. What's that song called? Jazz NYC 96? Oh, hmm. whatever it's called. That's an excellent track. Um, <laughs> yeah. Aren't so you glad I told me? you about that being on Spotify? Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. There's a couple things I wish they had on there, but I get why they don't. You, you probably can't have the NBC soundtracks on there because Disney owns the big old red Marvel logo. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, Unfortunately, no one's gonna take you for a ride anytime soon. Yeah, that's you. You knew what I wanted, but yeah, at Cam Hambone on Twitter dot com, uh, tweet at me. I'll I'll tweet I'll tweet back at you. It's fun. Twitter's fun. Jory, if people um want to hear more about how 
you actually love Randall Keith Orton and are just Randall lying on Keith, pod. Randall Keith, Randall Keith, Randall Keith, Randall Keith. Podcast every week. Where can they follow you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at at no I'm Jory, where I tweet about dumb shit. That's that's ninety percent of my tweets is just stupid shit about uh, that comes to my brain, and it's mostly just the hellscape of of uh, <laughs> my my thoughts, which isn't good because I don't hellscape. I have weird thoughts. A hellscape. Great, that's a great word. <laughs> and uh, like last night at like midnight, I just tweeted, "Why can't Metroid crawl?" So. <laughs> hellscape is the perfect way to describe it then okay <laughs> and then um i have my other podcast called we are watching one piece there's a new episode that came out recently we talked about uh nico robin's backstory and it's real sad you can find that over at the orange groves podcast network along with all the other episodes and all the other cool stuff on there and if you the listener want to join in the casual discussion there's, uh, in the podcast description, there's a link to the Discord for, uh, the Orange Groves podcast, and we have a channel in there, because, uh, a show about two man-children yelling about wrestling doesn't need its whole own Discord. Literal man-children, because we watch wrestling with our parents every week. Oh my <laughs> god. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're, you can talk to us about wrestling. You probably want to avoid spoilers on Mondays and Tuesdays. Uh, but we record on Wednesdays usually, so if someone's missed it by then, they're probably just going to listen to us talk about it. But, yeah, you can talk about it there and talk about wrestling. Yeah. So. And all kinds of other chats for great podcasts on theorangegroves.net. Yeah. Is it orangegroves.net? I can never remember the fucking URL. I... I... TheOrangeGroves.com TheOrangeGroves.com Yes, all yeah. the other great content if, over there. If for whatever reason you can't access the link in the podcast description through your app or through iTunes or Apple Podcasts or something, if you go to TheOrangeGroves.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, you can, there's links to the Discord server and to the Patreon, where you can get cut content from this podcast and other ones. And there's a pilot podcast for stuff that the Orange Groves might be picking up. So if you contribute to the Patreon... Patreon, you can be like, hey, this podcast is good enough for it to be um, picked up by and uh, hosted and produced by the Orange Groves, which just happened recently to a uh, new podcast on the network, RPG Design Friends, which uh, Riley Hopkins, who made the interstitial RPG, which I was in the actual play for, they have, they're having this where they're going to talk about different things in designing tabletop games and stuff. And if you support the Orange Groves, you'll be able to support uh, them being able to pay people to be on the show. So you'll be able to get bigger guests instead of it just being like, Hey, hey friend, how's it going for the fifth week? <laughs> so if, you, if, you, if, you, uh, if you're interested in hearing about all that sort of stuff, there's tons of reasons to support. Speak with your wallet in a fun way, not a grumpy way. So when's CM Punk coming to NXT then? No, no!
My name is Joe. And I'm Jory. And we are watching One Piece. That's it. That's the podcast. Yep. Uh, so we talk about the anime called One Piece uh, about once a month. It takes a while to watch One Piece, but I'm currently caught up with the show. I just started it. So you can join us while we talk about loving the rubber boy, vaping Sanji, our son Chopper, and his murder mom Robin. <laughs> Other <laughs> loving nicknames to be decided as we go along. You can find us on iTunes or your app of choice. And until you tune in, to be continued. <laughs>